Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated to helping sales development professionals get better at their jobs and push the practice of sales development forward. This is a place for practitioners in the trenches every day getting it done, whether they're called SDRs, BDRs, ADRs, or others. It's a team charged with creating pipeline out of inbound lead activities and outbound approaches. My name is David Delaney, and I'm the host of the Sales Development Podcast. If you've got subjects you'd like to hear covered on the show or guests you'd like to hear from, hit me up via email at david at tenbound.com or LinkedIn or Twitter, or be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you found us. Good morning. I am here with uh, my esteemed colleague, Gabe. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Moncayo. Moncayo. I did not want to murder that on uh, <laughs> on the podcast. So Gabe Moncayo, the CEO and founder of Always Hired. Thank you so much for making some time for the Sales Development Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I've been following your work, Gabe, for a while and um, talking to the students um, and the, the participants that have gone through the always hired program. It just um, seems like, you know, the work that you're doing is making a huge impact on the sales development community here in the Bay. And, um, you know, definitely wanted to get your message out to the listeners and just let them know what you're working on and, um, you know, the, how the programs go and, uh, you know, obviously any advice that you have for sales development managers or sales development reps that are, um, you know, struggling every day to, to get it done. So thanks a lot um, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Why don't we just dive in? Tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and you know how you got involved uh, with Always Hired. Bring us up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm actually originally from the Bay Area. Grew up playing sports and, and being in team environments from a very early age. Both my parents are also psychologists. So being around the, the human psyche and just like people's problems and, and things like that is just something that I you know, gr- grew up with. And uh, fast forward to more of my work career, um, I've been doing sales training, sales management, sales leadership for the past 10 years. Started my career doing political fundraising. So for two and a half years, I was responsible for about a, a half a million dollar annual budget or quota, I should say. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I uh, transitioned into sales leadership. I lived in New York, Chicago, Austin, Los Angeles, here in San Francisco and, and Oakland, building sales offices for different companies at, at different stages, uh, startups, publics, things like that. So that's a little bit about uh, my background and, and how I got to, to where we are today. Yeah, thank you. That brings us up to speed. And you know, tell me about Always Hired. How, how did you... Yeah come up with the idea, um, you know, how, what was all involved in getting something started and getting some initial traction? Yeah, absolutely. As I was answering that, I was like, wait, I didn't say anything about always hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. As part of the consulting business, so I, I was kind of doing that gamut around the country. I came back here, I was doing some consulting. Um, and I realized that, you know, the number one request has shifted from like script writing and like sales operations to sales talent. And I was just getting emails more frequently from these these VPs or CEOs or, or different HR leaders asking, hey, Gabe, do you know anyone that we could hire for a sales role? And I got a couple of my friends, you know, just casually jobs when the first emails came in. But they kept coming in more and more frequently until it was like twice a week. And then on the other side, in the consumer market, so to speak, 
uh, in my, my friend community, um, I became a local resource for people who wanted to get coaching advice or uh, career advice. And the reoccurring theme I heard was basically something like, hey, I have experience, but I can't get an entry-level job. Or, hey, I have a degree, but I can't get an entry-level job. And here I'm realizing that you know, the people are telling me they can't get jobs. Corporations are telling me they can't find people to do their entry-level jobs. The supply and demand already exists. It's just that the filtration system connecting the two clearly is broken. So did a little bit more research. Turns out it's called the skills gap, which is one of the biggest problems our economy and our society has because it's people not working, which is a really big deal to families. So we, we ran a pilot. You know, I downloaded all the sales trainings that we had. Uh, that I had from from work and from working with other people, and we did a free boot camp where uh, twelve people showed up, eleven of them graduated, and ten of them got jobs. And that was like, those were the early days, and and that's when we decided to go all in for the business. Nice, that's great. I mean, it, it seems like there is a huge need for sales development reps. You know, I know in the Bay Area, but also you know in all these different hot spots that are springing up around the country. And there's no, there's no sales major necessarily that they can take in college. Um, there's there's not a lot of boot camps and things like what you guys are doing. So it just you know the, that skills gap it it serves a huge need that we have in the community, both on the business side and also personally with people just trying to get their foot in the door at these companies. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because you know as a as a sales leader, my thought process was always you know, rising through the ranks in, in sales. And, and that traditionally was the next step. And the reason I, I contextualize that is because, you know, everyone's trying to get into tech because tech is everything. Tech used to be an industry, but now there's fintech, there's ed tech, right? There's biotech. So tech has really started to penetrate every single uh, industry and market that there is. But anyways, there's two, there's two entry points into tech, uh, coding and sales. And Sales you should, used to be SDR, AE, sales manager, but now because things are changing and you know everyone's starting to just be more fluid in the way they, they operate, a lot of people go into sales and then move over to customer success, or a lot of people go into sales and move over to operations. And the reason that's important is because there's, unfortunately, it's almost like a bottleneck where everything has to go through two entry points, which are engineering or essentially entry-level sales. And it's just, uh, it's just a really interesting phenomenon that, that's manifested itself as a result of all of this change that's happening right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's even more motivation for someone to start their career in sales, right, as that entry point. I mean, not, not everyone maybe has considered, you know, becoming an SDR or going into an entry-level sales job, but it is a great foot in the door to a wide variety, especially if the company is growing, um, you know, and there's there's a lot of different opportunities opening up, not necessarily just in sales, but like you said, in in service and different parts of the organization. Um, a great example I've seen of that is um, at a company called OpenDNS, uh, which was bought out by Cisco. Um, we had a, a a big SDR team. And now, if as I look at the LinkedIn pages of the people that came through the program, uh, they're they're literally sprinkled throughout the organization at this point. Wow, um, it's it's great to see because you know we we met a few years ago, 
they came in, um, worked really hard as sales development reps. And now, you know, they're not only salespeople, but like you said, they're throughout the organization. So it's a great foot in the door. And, you know, one thing about a program like yours is, you know, I'd like to dig in a little bit about the content of what they what they study. But, um, you know, a lot of people come out of college and they know that they want to get into the tech industry and they they don't know how to code necessarily. So they go, okay, I'll get into sales. But they studied maybe psychology or um, you know, anthropology like me, <laughs> um, they, they didn't necessarily sell anything. And so, you know, how do you guys take someone who doesn't necessarily come from a sales background and put them through your boot camp and get them ready to, you know, hit the ground running as an SDR or as an, you know, entry level salesperson when they come out? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, 40% of all of our students are, are new college grads. So it's, it's definitely something that is, is really important to us. The, the easiest, the first way to think about it, I would say is there, there's a process to learning. So, you know, what, what did you learn in psychology? What did you learn in anthropology? You probably learned that there's a cause and effect for the scenarios that you're looking at. And that's really what it is, right? I mean, you're learning history, you're learning data, you're learning cause and effect, you're learning about a, a specific piece of information. And if you can apply what you've learned from the, the framework of learning to sales, then it actually starts to become kind of easy because sales is not about slick talking. Sales is not about being the most aggressive person, right? A lot of people, and I would agree, you know, being aggressive helps, but that's not a core component. So you know, if you start to think about sales as a process and a framework and that there's a strategy to everything that goes on and it's not people just shooting from the hip, then that's, I think, the first step to understanding that like, hey, you know, sales is for everyone. Uh, any, anyone can do sales, excuse me, but it's not for everyone, right? So it's like any human being can do sales because there's a process to it. But part of that process is like really high rejection. It's kind of like baseball. You know, the, the Hall of Famers in baseball still fail 70% of the time. The Hall of Famers in sales fail 90% of the time. So it's just part, part of the game. So um, I think those are some of the ways we help someone with, with a degree and a different background, you know, understand how they could start to be successful in a sales role. Yeah, that is, that's such an in- interesting point to touch on because I, I think I heard something about a baseball analogy where if you, if you hit three out of 10, you get into the Hall of Fame or something like that. So exactly. you basically fail seventy percent of the time, right? Um, and you're a you're a superstar, and and you know that's that's the it totally correlates to sales. Because um, say you, you know you're a customer, a prospective customer, you walk into a shoe store, and the guy says, "May I help you?" You know, ninety nine percent, no, I'm good. <laughs> even though you, your shoes have holes in them, you know, you haven't had new shoes. And, you know, as soon as you walk in, no, I'm okay. And then five minutes later, oh, can I try these on? You know, it's, it totally changes. So I think that's, that's a huge point. One of the things that people struggle with when they become SDRs is, you know, you're going to, you, you have to anticipate that most people are not going to be interested that you talk to. And, and, you know, that's a huge mind shift from, right. 
you know, how you're brought up when, when you come up, you know, you, if someone says no, you just say, okay. And you walk away, you know, that, cause that's polite, <laughs> but, but now we're, we're taking these people going, okay, um, here's a phone, here's a computer Like you just go out and have everybody say no to you all day. And hopefully, you know, you'll get three out of 10 and you'll make your quota. Um, so are, are there, are there specific, um, like, do you guys have a class about that or do you, is it learn by doing how, how do you get someone into that being okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of it is, is through our, uh, screening process. Mm -hmm. So we go, we put people through a full interview and, uh, a full interview process and, um, you know, interviews, just like anything new, sometimes, you know, there's curveballs and, and how people handle those curveballs, I think, says a lot about, you know, their character and their and their intentions. And that's one way that we, we set the tone for the class. And then once people are in the class, the, the environment, we try to utilize really every different type of, of learning resource we can, because learning in itself is is so important. But like anything that's really good, it's also hard to get to. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that everyone aspires to have, but few, few can, can obtain. So to really create an opportunity where you can learn anything in a short period of time, right? Cause we're going from zero to a hundred in uh, 150 hours of coursework at this point. So whiteboard training, lecture style training, uh, group activities, one-on-one -on -one activities, feedback sessions. We do, uh, mock uh, pitches. We do also live cold calls. So there's an entire portion where at the end of class, everyone has to, you know, see if they've retained the knowledge. And we actually partner with real tech companies that have our students do cold calls on behalf of them. And then the students have to log that activity in Salesforce. And then while the cold calls are happening, there's a dashboard everyone can use to see who's the call volume leader. And then when that's over, we analyze all the data and the students tell us who was the hardest worker. And if people have been following along well, the, when we ask the, the question, who's the hardest worker, and they look at the data, they say, oh, the person with the most calls must be the answer to that. And they, they just start to understand what it's, it's really like in, in the real world. So I'll take a break there, but those are some of the different resources that we use and the different styles that we use to make sure that not only are we transferring knowledge, but there's actually retention of knowledge being executed on as well. Nice. Okay. That's exactly what I was wondering about because yesterday I was looking, there's like a triangle of retention, I guess, when you think about learning and I'm not really describing it well, but it, there's a triangle where yeah, yeah. the top 10%, right? Yeah. The top 10% is reading. So if you read something, you retain like 10%, right? And then it goes all the way down to 90% if, if you actually do it and you're coached along. And then if you become the actual teacher and you're coaching people. Um, so it's like, it's like, um, you know, that learn by doing with a guided approach, I think is, it's what's missing a lot of the time. Because if someone doesn't go through a boot camp like your program and they go into a startup, for example, that's just sort of by the seat of their pants, there's not a lot of training. And the manager just says, okay, a hundred calls, smile and dial. Like, and then right. he, he goes off somewhere and the guy's just sitting there like, uh, what do I do? I mean, they, they have to learn yeah. the hard way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, really and that happens. 
Yeah, that happens. And and that's something it, it's interesting. Some of the people that are well researched in their interview process, when they meet with us, they, they ask us questions to proactively solve for that, because it's starting to be known that there's there's, you know, two types of companies, there's, a, there's the real companies, and then the people that, you know, we joke about it, but like the people that are just running an operation out of their basement, right? And not literally, but like, it just feels like there's no infrastructure there. So students actually ask us like, hey, how do you help us define what's a good company for us? Because like, I'm excited to get into tech, but I'm seeing that it, there's so many variants to it. How do I know where I can plug myself in and not have to, you know, restart in three, three or four months? So definitely something that, that comes up a lot that I think is uh, important to get ahead of. That is, that is really important because actually an SDR who is um, on the job hunt right now reached out to me. And she had three different opportunities kind of in play for her next career move. And one, she was just like, what do you think? And so I looked at it and one was your mega corporation, you know, that in the tech field that yeah. has been around for a long time. And, you know, they, they've got everything organized. One was sort of mid middle of the pack. And then one was a straight up like basement, you know, guy in his garage, <laughs> two, <laughs> two engineers. And, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting to, to have such a wide array. And when you're first entering the workforce to not know, you know, I mean, all three of the logos look great, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, they're, they're really nice logos. And that's about all that I know. And, um, you know, I just told her, you know, if you look at the mega corporation, it's, they're going to have the learning and development, um, like, like, a a robotic, you know, machine. I mean, they've, they've probably got a hundred people who focus on the training and development and stuff like that. The middle one, they might have a framework, but a lot of it's going to be learned by doing. And then the, the basement one is like, you're going to have to figure it out. They're going to look at you and say, how do we run a sales development team? You know? (laughs) So, so it's like, what do you, what do you want to do? Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess it, Kind of depends on your personality. Um, Did they end up one? Yeah. Um, You know, that's a good question. I think it's still in play right now. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, like, I remember one of my first sales jobs was uh, um, at a big corporation. It it was called EDMC. I don't even know what it stands for anymore. But (laughs) but I mean, it was a mega corporation. And literally, like, you got hired. And you were in the home office for a couple of days, and then they flew everyone out to Pittsburgh um, for a two-week intense training program that was just like you know ten hours a day of along the lines of what you're talking about, but specific to the company right. with all these like twenty-somethings. I mean, we just partied most of the time, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember some of the stuff from that program. So, you know, I guess it's you know, as you look at these opportunities, you know, which one fits you the best at this point in your life? Are you more entrepreneurial? Are you more looking for, you know, soaking up knowledge and things like that? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's really well said, actually. Um, it's very on par kind of with, with what we tell people often, which is the bigger companies are a little bit more money, sometimes harder to get into more stability. And uh, the smaller the company, obviously, it's the, the higher risk, higher reward. So depends if someone wants to get to management faster or move out of cold calling faster, things like that. 
Yeah. 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 And, it, and, you know, some companies, there's a large, you know, cloud company, I won't mention the name, but it's based in San Francisco. And um, it seems like they're, they're very big on, um, you know, getting really bright people in the door. It's a really tough interview process. But once you're in, and you do well, there's a lot of different opportunities, like you were talking about, to move to different parts of the business, depending on where your strengths are. Um, and that's exciting. Um, but you're, again, you're following the playbook that somebody else wrote. And, you know, you just as long as you follow that and you work really hard, you're in good shape. Right. Um, and But you're not making it. So if you're a very entrepreneurial person, you might feel boxed in by it situation like that Um, yeah very true the other the other quick thing is there's another more old school technology company further south of san francisco i won't say their name but i remember an sdr that um, we had on our team at open dns came from that company and i always was picking his brain like how did they have it set up over there like what do they how do they keep on track and you know keep keep focused and and he was like dude it's a freaking mess man <laughs> like like they use antique databases and like uh you know uh, uh excel files with you know old phone numbers and you're calling co- companies and it's a total mess so you know th- that, that i just bring that up because you know not necessarily these big companies like they might look great you know on the outside but they could be just as much of a mess as a startup <laughs> So. It's yeah. I mean, great, great points. So spot on for for diving deeper. Um, good, good interview questions. We suggest people ask to like identify that because a lot of these corporate companies will have pilots or they'll acquire other companies or they'll test things. And if the test doesn't go well, right, then the corporate company might say, okay, well, we're going to focus on our our original product. But good questions to ask are, you know, hey, is this a new hire or is this hire replacing someone? So is this a, a new role or am I replacing someone? And then based on that information, asking, you know, well, well, basically why? And if, if you are replacing someone, identifying what scenario would have had to have been different for a different outcome to have manifested itself. So uh, definitely make sure in an interview process, someone feels comfortable asking these types of questions so they don't walk into the scenario you just laid out. Yeah, I mean, and just having those, those questions prepared. I mean, you know, that's another value of doing a boot camp like yours because um, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of sales development candidates and it's literally like you get to the end of your spiel as the manager and you go do you have any questions for me and you'd be surprised when they're just like no you know i'm good i'm good (laughs) it's 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 like where can when can i start i'm just like well don't you want to know anything about this company (laughs) it's so true we actually literally prep people to ask me questions in the interview and some people still get shy and or they're not well prepared and uh yeah and then exactly you're like <laughs> i could be a monster this could be the worst place ever and you're you're just gonna you don't you have no questions okay <laughs> yeah and and i think you know there it, it comes down to kind of what we were talking about earlier just being first of all not having the knowledge of what to ask um That's- so so you know we've been around for a while and we've seen good things and bad things and you know so you right. and I could probably come up with a bunch of great questions but if someone's just out of college I mean 
you know, they, they haven't been through a bad company or a bad situation and stuff like that. So, yeah. So they just don't know what to ask. And, and they also might be afraid a little bit. Like if I ask a dumb question or, you know, I'm too pushy or something like that, the, the manager might not like me. I might not get the job and, and that type of thing. So, um, so true. It's tricky. It's tricky, yeah. you know, um, but I would, anybody who's listening to this podcast who's, on the job hunt or possibly going out to look for SDR jobs, I would say talk to Gabe, <laughs> bring in bring in some questions, you know, and try to get a feel for what you're walking into and, and you know, what the situation is. Because maybe if you ask the right question, it turns out it would have been a not a good situation for you anyways. Um, and it's good that you didn't get the job. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's counterintuitive in a way. Yeah, and you touch on uh, you know a pain point of our ecosystem and and just society, which is someone coming fresh out of school, you know, might not have that knowledge, and and it's like why 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 isn't there a specific you know interview course where you can where you can ace it right and uh, or maybe a course where you know they teach you a process for like how to accomplish a specific goal depending on what your your major is on. And I, just this, I mean, just a random tangent that just popped into my head because, you know, one of the things now that I'm, I'm spending more time with, with investors and, and just, you know, talking to different people, I'm realizing that other markets in other, you know, countries to the United States, they're really desirable, but no one's really been able to execute, you know, tech wants to get United States tech wants to get involved more in China and Japan. China is the largest consumer market in the world. So, you know, there's reasons they're trying to take advantage of that. But our educational institution, you know, or our educational institutions, plural, excuse me, they're not pumping out the right type of content to, to make this person who graduated equipped right now to become a business leader to go after those markets in the long term for their career. And um, I just I just thought that was interesting. And, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that education will start to make more of a shift. You know, now that the private sector is getting involved in you know, education, it's, it's forcing, you know, incentives to be more, more aligned. And, um, obviously I'm biased in my, in my opinion. Um, and I think it has to be done right and delicately. Um, but I'm hopeful and excited that more of these resources will be available because these people are so smart. It's just like, they just need to read a certain piece of information for it to like click or for them to see it another way. And then all these doors open. So, Sorry for my rant there. It was just a real passion of mine. I agree. I mean, I, I think I'm a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad guy. And, and he's very focused on how slow the education system is. His specialty is financial education and trying to make people understand how the world works on the finance side. Um, but something he notes a lot is the education system is very slow to respond to the realities of the world. And for example, most people don't get a solid financial education as they come through school. And now they get into all kinds of debt and, you know, credit card debt and student nope. loan debt and they're, they're nope. stuck. Yeah. And, and then, you know, to your point, the United States is so vast and such a you know, complex economy in itself, I don't think that we spend enough time preparing business leaders to to operate in an international environment. I, I completely agree. 
you go to Germany or EU c- countries where you know the the next country speaks a different language, they're they're much more attuned to operating in different environments like that, and their education system is set up to be, empower that. And now you know they're they're probably eating our lunch. I don't I don't really know. I don't have anything <laughs> back background, but I mean some you know some of these other countries are probably you know much you know more savvy on how to execute in, in an international environment. So yeah, yeah. that's interesting. But ju- just to shift gears a little bit, um, Gabe, I, I know that, um, you know, always hired is going really well. I've talked to some of the graduates. They're, they're doing great. The companies love it. What's next for you and, you know, your plans with the program and with the students and the events you're doing, you know, what are you working on now to bring it to the next level? Yeah, the the hashtag is world domination. Yeah, so uh, things are going really well. Thanks for uh, for asking and, and bringing it up. It's definitely uh, an exciting time and and a time that I wasn't really expecting. You know, since we started the business, a lot of every single domino we've we've ever needed has just like fallen into place, and it, it's always just like felt right and it's it's felt easy and not easy and like it's not a lot of work. But, you know, we were constantly getting positive feedback. And when we got negative feedback, we were pretty real with ourselves to, to try to drive change quickly. Um, so what's next is, you know, introducing some, some online components, I think, I think is, is important for, for growth, at least for like, you know, quizzes and, and light training and stuff like that. But even historically, you know, quizzes are done in Google Docs. You know, and, and that's what a bootstrap startup does. But now we got some investment. We got the, the leaders and arguably the leaders in, in higher ed education uh, from a venture capital standpoint, uh, University Ventures, you know, the venture capital firm for universities. Uh, nice. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were, were leading our series seed, which is pretty cool. So we, uh, we went right to to, to series over angels, which I think strategically makes sense because, uh, it helps put more really experienced people in our corner. But anyway, nice. so, um, yeah, so for 2017, we're just really solidifying our, our process. We're going to be growing to about, uh, 500 students in 2017. And, um, in, uh, early 2018, the plan is to, to start going nationwide. So we have about 14, 15 crazy months ahead of us. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what's coming up on the horizon. Nice. Well, congratulations. I'm really excited for the, all the positive feedback and, and getting, getting a few bucks in your pocket so you can, you can make it even better. Um, and if, <laughs> if any of the, you know, we, we have a lot of SDRs who listen to this and, and also people who are thinking about becoming SDRs. Um, in the Bay and just all over the place. Um, if they want to get in touch with you or they want to check out the program, what's the best way? Just head to the website or what's the best way for them to get that info? Yeah, absolutely. And just so people know, we, we've had a lot of SDRs that get jobs and come to us just for training or people that want the sales portion of support as well. So anyways, uh, yeah, the, the website's alwayshire.com. My handle for virtually everything online is Gabe Moncayo. So just my abbreviated first name and uh, my last name. So at Gabe Moncayo, and uh, you guys can also uh, inbound on our website. We have a really awesome admissions team, not not salespeople at all, just like really, really cool people 
Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's how you can find us on, online. Very much more consult consultative. They're consultative. They're not gonna they're not, they're not gonna strong arm you into joining, but uh, they'll they'll point you in the right direction. That's great. Yeah, and and that that's that's a another point. I mean, if if the training stinks at the company where the SDR is and they're not getting what they need, um, check out Always Hired, um, you know, or one of the boot camps because. Hey, take your career into your own hands. Don't just sit there and wait around and complain. Um, I don't think anybody who would listen to this it would be that type of person. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, take take, take yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, take take your education into your own hands and and get with Gabe and um, get it done because it's it's all there. I mean, it's not just if if you're thinking about becoming an SDR. If you are and you need to get ahead, um, this is a resource. Yeah. So, Gabe, yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with everything, and we'll go ahead and sign off. Thanks. Yeah, this was a blast. Glad we got a chance to connect. Nice. Talk to you soon. All right, bye.